the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show, Elon Musk. The war against Elon Musk is, is a big one. Elon Musk uh, strikes me as no more anti-Semitic than my uh, lunch bag. And I know a lot about anti-Semitism. If you want to understand anti-Semitism, I, th- I have two major recommendations with regard to Israel. About uh, 15 videos at PragerU.com. Only maybe one or two I've made. It's, just, it's not about me. And uh, my book in its third edition, Why the Jews? The Greatest Predictor of Evil. Is that is that like uh, perfect? <laughs> just perfect for our time? If you understand uh, Jew hatred, you understand hatred of, of what is good. Not that all Jews are good. I criticize... American Jews regularly, as anyone listening to me knows. But the Jews represent something better than the anti-Semite, who are always losers. Whether you're a neo-Nazi or Hamas, you're a loser. You, you, You make nothing, you destroy. That's all you know how to do, and the Jews make. I don't mean just make money. They make they make things, they make discoveries, they make a civilization, they make families. One of the few Western countries increasing its birth rate are, are Israelis. Musk is being attacked by the left because he has actually opened up Twitter. That's what he's done. Now known as X. Now known, yes, now known as X. But what he did was open up Twitter. When he got it, it was Twitter. And that is not acceptable. Multiple voices is not acceptable to the left. There is no instance of the left taking power in an institution or a country and allowing dissent. I make that point regularly. It should be. So Media Matters lied about uh, Musk. Media Matters lies for a living. Media Matters is is fascinating because Media Matters is a living proof that the human conscience in very many people is useless. People who work at Media Matters sleep well at night. They are at peace with smearing and lying and lying and smearing and lying. That's what they do for a living at Media Matters. So Elon Musk is suing them. 
They have uh, attacked me regularly. They always lie about what I say. Always. And I'm used to it, and I, I report to you. Like Dennis Prager wants people to use the N-word. Is a 100% yanked out of context about what I said. And yet, the left pick up Media Matters reports and say Dennis Prager is unhappy that people can't use the N-word. As if I have ever used it in my life in a derogatory manner. But when you can't even use it if you're reading Huckleberry Finn, then there's something weird. That you can't even say the word is a bad word. It's the only description of, of, a, of an ethnic or racial group that you can't say the word ever, even to condemn the use of the word. That's what I said. I said calling a black person by that word is despicable. But uh, that's, that's not how they report it. So Elon Musk is doing, is doing a massive service. X sues Media Matters over reports about ads appearing next to Nazi posts. Hmm. News of the lawsuit coincided with Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's announcement of an investigation into Media Matters for possible fraudulent activity. Were you aware of that? This this is all good news. See, I I I never ever give you false hope ever you know when I'm uh, I'm down you know when I'm up you know when I think things are looking really dark I never patronize my audience so take this as quite serious a statement no country is producing as much toxic ideas as the United States of America no country is producing anti-toxic ideas like the United States of America. The battle for the West is taking place largely in the United States. New Zealand and Australia and the United Kingdom and Canada have lost the battle. I'm sorry to say. Who wrote that powerful P? Was Douglas Murray? Yeah. Douglas Murray is a giant. You know, he's a gay man, and did you hear him speak about gay parades? It came up on, on, on some feed of mine. Did you ever see that? It's brilliant. It is just brilliant. By the way, do we have the New York mayor audio that I had sent? You're, you're ready with that? I'm going to play that later. That, that, did you hear it, uh, Alan? No. You will be quite uh, impressed, actually. This is from NBC News. Elon Musk's social media company X sued Media Matters for, for America and one of its staff members Monday over an investigative report, the progressive watchdog, watchdog, dog, but not watchdog, published saying the Nazi content ran on the X app alongside advertisements from major corporations. So it said, Nazi content ran on the X app alongside advertisements from major corporations. News of the lawsuit coincided with Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's announcement of an investigation into media matters 
for possible fraudulent activity. We are examining the issue closely to ensure that the public has not been deceived by the schemes of radical left-wing organizations who would like nothing more than to limit freedom by reducing participation in the public sphere, said Paxton. Well, how do you like look at this? Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey said Sunday on X that his team was also looking into the matter. Bailey and Paxton are Republicans. Media Matters is a bad organ bad bad human beings work there, and they all think they're good, but that's true for almost all bad human beings. Media Matters is is a perfect example of the idea that I said earlier, the weakness of the human conscience, because they, they think they're doing good. You're allowed, on the left, you're allowed to lie. See, there are people who lie all across the spectrum, but leftism gives you a green light to lie because the morality in consists of defeating the right. It doesn't consist of being moral and having integrity. It, that, that is not the moral universe of the left. The moral universe of the left is destroy the right and destroy what exists. Destroy. Destroy. Smear. Okay. Well, these, these are actually positive developments. Hmm. There's a New York on this. this. You want me to see a New York Times story you sent me just now? Okay, I will do that. Which one is it? Uh, Here we go. Oh, oh yeah, I understand. Yeah. Johnson pays Trump visit as he faces mounting criticism from the right. Who's the he? Trump or Johnson? It was the speaker's first trip to see the... F- that is the subheadline. It was the speaker's first trip to see the former president since he won his post, and it came as he faced anger from right-wing lawmakers for moving to fund the government. I'm so, wh- wh- why did you want me to they read that? It. Fascinating. They changed it. They changed it. That is yeah, interesting. They changed it in the last half hour. In the last half hour, they changed the, sub, the subtitle? It was the speaker's first trip to... Do you have that? It was the speaker's first trip to it kiss was, the ring. Oh, to kiss the ring. See, that's what I want No, to I didn't. It's not here. I don't see it's it. It's not there? No. Oh, my God. That, that's what I'm saying oh, to you. That's fascinating. I'll report on that when we get back. Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. What sets these companies apart and whom can you really trust? This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. My choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer that protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins, claiming they 
they appreciate more than gold and silver? What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed always have your back. I trust this man. That's why I mentioned him by name. Nick's been in this industry over 42 years, and he's proud of providing transparency and fair pricing to build trusted relationships. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. So the confusion here is because the New York Times changed its subhead on the same article within a half hour. This is what the original subhead was. It was the speaker's first trip to kiss the ring of the former president. Wow. That's a news piece in the New York Times. A news piece. It's not an opinion piece. Wow. All the gods of the left, New York Times, Washington Post, American Medical Association, you name it. The gods of the left, the universities, the god that failed. That's the story. By the way, in uh, two weeks, I will be speaking, exactly two weeks from today, I will be speaking at Columbia University. If you have uh, know anybody who attends Columbia, you should have them come. At, uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. So what do you predict? Demonstrations against my arrival or not? I don't know either. There normally aren't. There are people who protest, but I I don't seem to bring out uh, a lot of uh, demonstrators. We'll see, though, now. Columbia has been somewhat captured by despicable types. The left has paved the way for pro-Hamas sentiments to be normalized. That's what the left has done. We were given a wonderful country and the left has messed it up. You can live in as many did. When Hitler and Stalin signed their pact what what year was that? Thirty eight. Yeah, I think so. Might have been. So, Stalin made Hitler's invasion of Poland and the start of World War Two possible. You don't learn that because you don't learn anything in school. Even if you're a history major, I'd be, I'd be curious to know how many people know that the communist parties of the world were ordered. In the, by the Comintern, the Communist International. 39. 39? Yeah. They, they were uh, ordered not to attack uh, Hitler or the, or the Nazis because now the Nazis were the allies of the Soviets. And that caused in some communists in the West to finally realized that they had supported pure, undiluted evil, just as all the people in the West who support Hamas, and generally the Palestinians, because I will report to you, the Palestinians overwhelmingly support Hamas. 
Most Palestinians, according to their own polls, think that what happened on October 7th was terrific. Okay? You can romanticize the Palestinians all you like. You can lie to yourself about the moral state of the Palestinian culture. You lie to yourself because lying, if you don't lie to yourself, you can't be a leftist. That's it. That's the way it works. Roger Cohen is one of the great morons of the New York Times pantheon of morons. Did you read his piece? It's pure uh, moral equivalence. Israel and, and its enemies. Pure moral equivalence. Yeah, he's still writing, yeah. We had him on the show like 15 years ago, remember? I, it's unbelievable to read the New York Times, uh, their, their own people, not, not guest columnists. Overwhelmingly, well, there's Israel on one side, and then there's the Hamas and the Palestinians on the other. There seem to be even some uh, right-wingers who uh, think that way. But they are the aberration. They're, they're not the norm. Kiss the Ring. Isn't that a uh, reference to The Godfather? Yes. Mm-hmm. He's a thug. He's a thug. They, uh, I, I will say this. To the extent that leftists are at peace with themselves, that's a statement about the, the uselessness of the conscience in so many people. But they are not sleeping well because they know their man may lose. If the elections are honest, there's a very good chance that Joe Biden would lose. I don't believe Joe Biden will be the candidate. I think it's extremely unlikely. They will persuade him not to run. One of the most awful human beings, if not the most awful, to hold the office of president. But that's not the reason he wouldn't be elected. He wouldn't be elected because of the damage that he's done to the country, and most particularly the economy. And as Bill Clinton said, it's the economy, stupid. Well, I don't know if that's true. There are leftists who would vote on misgendering sooner than they would vote on the economy, but they're not the majority of of people. There's uh, there's so much to report. What do the Palestinians want? Westerners assume that the Palestinians seek a future of prosperity and freedom and peace, because that is what they aspire to preserve for themselves. But this isn't the case. The moral record of the Palestinians is is pretty awful. Never forget when Palestinian terrorists murdered the Jordanian prime minister and then drank his blood. Remember the Palestinians slaughtering the uh, almost the entire Israeli Olympic team at the Munich Olympics? It's amazing. People don't remember. They either don't know or they don't remember. And these people are celebrated in Palestinian culture. Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop at the pillow. Mike also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. 
These sheets look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep, which is crucial for overall health. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year for a limited time. You'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets, marking prices down as low as $29.98, depending on the size. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcasts square, and use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302 or go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager. I'd like you to hear Eric Adams the mayor of New York City spoke this past weekend at a synagogue in Manhattan. And it's, uh, it, it gives me great joy to bring to you something noble from a Democrat. So it's, it's a couple of minutes, take it away. Why was I so clear on my support for Israel and the Jewish people of not only the city, but across the globe. And what I would like to share with you, what I believe is one of the biggest mistakes that the Jewish people are doing in New York City. You have such a rich tradition When I attend Passover and sit down and watch how you tell your children the tradition of the Jewish experience, and they walk away knowledgeable with a full understanding of the scope of the Jewish faith, missing from that conversation is your contributions to humankind. And the reason my passion is so strong is because I fully understand it and it was taught to me by my mother. If you just look at the person Julius Rosenwald, he started 2,000 schools for African-Americans who were not able to be educated in the South. At one time, 40% of the students of African-American ancestry were educated through his schools. And then if you look at what he did with the HBCU colleges that are so important to us, Howard University, he was one of the co-founders. Dillard, he was one of the co-founders. He started the NWCP's co-founder, SCLC, SNCC co-founder. But you don't have to only look at the philanthropic actions of someone like Jewish. When young Shaney lost his life in Mississippi, you had Andrew and Michael who was there with them. 50% of the white students that went to fight for civil rights in the South, 50% of them were Jewish. 
Not only marching with Dr. King, but standing up for humanitarian actions across the globe. And that lesson is not passed down. You have done it in this benevolent fashion. And the other day I was sitting in a restaurant and a group of young people came in after protesting and hurling anti-Semitic terms. They looked at me and they stated that, Mayor, you only care about the Jewish people in the city. And through their rant, I said, I want you to sit down for a moment. And I want you to Google the history of the Jewish people and the African-American experience and experiences of those across the globe. You find a humanitarian action and you will find a Jewish person. And when those young people started to look and one of them teared up because they were in Howard University as a pre-law student and they had to connect the dots and the anger that they are feeling it is rooted in the lack of knowledge and understanding so what must we do we must do four things okay this was i'll leave it at that would that every young black in america hear this talk of Eric Adams. Every every Poland in the course of my life has, on the issue has shown that uh, black Americans were more likely to be anti-Semitic than any other single group of Americans, which has struck Jews who were knowledgeable as quite remarkable, given the the utterly disproportionate role Jews played in helping black America. Back in a moment. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. This may be one of the hardest things I, I have had to do on radio, introduce Larry Elder. I, I, the reason it's hard is, A, first of all, I could do it for five minutes. B, who doesn't know Larry Elder? <laughs> who doesn't know you, Larry? It, it is an interesting question. I, well, I'm not kidding. Well, well, Dennis, you know, I have a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's on yeah. the corner of Hollywood and Vine. And I tell people it's the only place in the world where you can hear in 25 different languages someone say, who the bleep is Larry Elder? That's a very <laughs> so, funny line. So outside of, <laughs> of, of America, a whole lot of people don't know who I am. Okay, outside yeah. of America. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I understand. And by, by the way, yeah. Dennis, uh, when I was running for governor, one of my uh, tech guys told me that my name was the most Googled name in the world for two or three days. More Googled than Trump, more Googled than Barack Obama. The most Googled name in the world. Eight billion people in the world, and my name was the most Googled name in the world. I love it. Want to touch me? <laughs> I do, actually, yes. No, that, that is a great... No, it's, 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 it's just out of body. It really it, is. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a proof, by the way, that the Internet is such a mixed bag. Yeah. Because, look, would there be a PragerU without the Internet? And then, then, look, then there's all this garbage on the Internet. Dennis used to say that uh, one of his biggest achievements was bringing me to radio and unleashing the virus known as Larry Elder on the world. Uh, now you say that it's that and, and PragerU. 
So uh, oh, I, I've been, he's very sensitive. Yeah, I've been demoted. Very sensitive. <laughs> very sensitive. To the issue. Yeah. Well, Larry Elder. Uh, and, but Prager U yeah. is is a phenomenon, and um, uh, I, I think it's probably fair to say it might not have happened without Mr. Alan Estrin right here. Fair to say, it's a fact. Uh, I mean, uh, and, it was his idea, and it's just an absolute phenomenon. All the things that you've done to change people's point of view, um, to have young people rethink their assumptions, to have young people not be programmed the way they the way they've been programmed in the past, uh, it's um, it, to me it's on the, probably on the same level as Elon Musk purchasing Twitter and making it a real forum for free speech. Mm-hmm. It is that important to the world. Well, thank you. And for Alan, saying it. Alan, you're the man. You're the man, Alan. You're the man, Alan. Yeah, yeah, and and he knows it. Yeah. You know he walks around very oh, pompous. I know. Yeah. Uh, he, he radiates well, pompous. One time I met him, I said, you know, my, my name is Alan Estrin, don't you? I said, yeah. I've heard. He said, you sure? I said, yeah, I've heard. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Larry Elder has a storied career <laughs> as, as a radio talk show host, truly one of the courageous and, and eloquent voices ever to be behind a microphone, and then decided in a fit of masochism. <laughs> <laughs> is that a fair description? I think so. To run, to run uh, for governor of California, uh, uh, and now did it depend on the recall of Gavin Newsom? How, what was the juxtaposition of the two things? Well, as I explained in uh, in my book uh, that just came out a few days ago, as goes California. Uh, here's the deal: the recall was two parts. The first part is fifty percent plus one had to agree to recall him, and then the second part is if you want him recalled, whom do you want to replace him? So whoever got the most votes on the votes on the replacement side would have become governor. Uh, there were 46 people, counting myself, who ran on the replacement side. I got 3.5 million votes, 49% of all the votes cast. The next highest person got 9%. By the way, 49% was the same percentage that Arnold Schwarzenegger got in 2003 when we recalled a Democrat governor named Gray Davis. Here's the distinction. There are two things that are very different between that recall and this one. First is the battlefield had changed. Between 2003 and now, there are 5% more registered Democrats in California. There are 50% more registered uh, non-declined estate. Um, and in California, the so-called independents, even the New York Times said, vote Democrat. There are 33% fewer registered Republicans between 2003 uh, and, two- and 2021 when I ran. The second big deal is this, Dennis. In that recall, there was a prominent Democrat who ran on the replacement side. It was Cruz Bustamante, the the then lieutenant governor. This time, they saw their mistake, and they made sure no prominent Democrat ran on the replacement side. Antonio Villaraigosa, the two-term mayor of L.A., was thinking about doing it. He made some noises publicly about running. All of a sudden, in my opinion, he got bought off. He's got some sort of sinecure position uh, that... um, uh, he would not have had had he not agreed not to run. So they did not have a prominent Democrat sucking away votes and making it more likely that the first part of the ballot would, would have been successful. So that's what happened to me. I also got outspent 10 to 1, and Biden flew in and, and said that Larry Elder is the closest thing to a Donald Trump clone as I've ever seen. Obama cut a commercial for him. Kamala Harris cut a commercial for him. Bernie Sanders did. Uh, and um, they all said the same thing. They never said Gavin Newsom is doing a great job on crime, doing a great job on homelessness, doing a great job on on cost of living, on people leaving California for the first time. No, stop the Republican takeover. Dennis, I've taken one picture at that time in my life with Donald Trump, one picture. 
And they showed it over and over and over again, even though Trump did not endorse me. His people reached out, but I said, no, I want to make this California-centric. They're going to turn it into a referendum on Republicans, on Republicans which, of course, they did anyway. Uh, so they showed that picture over and over and over again, and they said the same thing, stop the Republican takeover. And it worked. And, we, of course, we had a, a hostile media. The L.A. Times referred to me as a black face of white supremacy. They were opposed to the recall. They supported Gavin Newsom, arguably the second most influential newspaper, political newspaper in California, Sacramento Bee. They also opposed the recall and supported uh, Gavin Newsom. So uh, it, was, it would have been an uphill fight no matter what I would have done, what I would have said. And um, I still got 3.5 million votes on the replacement side of the 58 counties in California. Dennis, I carried 57 of 58. The state GOP did not endorse me, did not give me a dime. The federal GOP did not endorse me, did not give me a dime. Kevin McCarthy wanted all the dozen or so House Republicans in California to support the two-term mayor of San Diego, Kevin Faulkner. Uh, I carried San Diego County by 30 points. And I thought at at some point the party would realize that the grassroots wanted me. People told me, and you were there, Dennis, at one of my uh, rallies. People told me I drew Trump-like size crowds. And I thought at some point the state GOP would say, okay, we're not going to give them any money, but at least we'll give them verbal support. They gave me neither money nor verbal support. Same thing with the uh, uh, federal party. There were two House members, Republicans, who broke rank and publicly supported me. Doug, Doug LaMalfa, who Dennis, I never heard of <laughs> until he supported me. He's a congressman from Sacramento. And uh, Michelle Steele. Those are the only two that publicly supported Where me. Where is she from? Uh, is, is it Orange County, Alan? Michelle Steele? I think Orange County. And um, the, the wife of Sean Steele, who used to be the, the GOP chair in California some years ago. And Daryl oh, yeah. Isa uh, took pictures with me and said positive things about me on CNN, but he did not publicly endorse me. So there's so much to unpack here. By the way, folks, riveting reading as goes Cal- as goes California, my mission to rescue the Golden State and save the nation. Larry Elder uh, is the uh, is the author, uh, obviously, and that he is a man on a mission. So l- let's understand the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the, the one that kept me off the debate. Yeah, well, claim, claiming right. I did not meet the debate criteria. Yes. Why don't we jump to that and okay. then go back to California? Okay. Go ahead. Tell the story. All right. Well, uh, to make the first debate, which was in uh, Milwaukee, uh, one had to have 40,000 individual donors. I did. And one had had to have three polls where you were at 1% or better. And I did. I submitted them on the deadline, the day of the deadline. I get a phone call from Ronna McDaniel about an hour after the deadline, and she says, you're not eligible for the debate. I said, why? She said, one. I'm sorry. When did you get the phone call? About an hour after the deadline. You had to submit all this stuff at, at a time certain. Right. So did. you got the call after the deadline. After there was the nothing deadline. you could do anything no. about it. Well, yeah. uh, on the other hand, I could have submitted it before the deadline and, and been presumed, Yeah, but they presum- didn't tell you. Presumably, she would have called me. the time me. of the phone call. Correct. So she calls me when the deadline is over, and she says, you're not eligible because one of the polls you submitted is, quote, affiliated with the Trump campaign, and the rules stipulate that any poll affiliated with any candidate cannot be used by any other candidate, including that one. And they were referring to the Rasmussen poll. Rasmussen promptly put out a tweet and said, no, we're not affiliated with Trump. There's no reason why Larry Elder can't use us. We then submitted a fourth poll where I was at 1% or better. And Ronald McDaniel said, you submitted it after the deadline. 
And that is true. I didn't know I needed to submit a fourth one, A and B. That polling organization completed its polling before the deadline. So, Dennis, there was enough wiggle room. Had they wanted me up there, they could have put me up there. My lawyer is the former chair of the Federal Elections Commission, and he said the rule is that you have to apply the debate criteria fairly to everybody. And by failing to to apply the debate criteria to Elder, what they really did was give an in-kind contribution to the eight people who did make the debate, and based upon the value of time that Fox would have charged – They could subject themselves to a $100 million fine. I told them all this on the day of the debate. I said, by 2 o'clock, if you have not changed your mind, I'm going to file a complaint with the FEC. 2 o'clock came, it went, and I filed the complaint. So now that complaint will take months, if not years, to work its way through. But they're facing a $100 million fine by not putting me up there, the RNC. It's so angering. All right, we'll get back. I will ask the big question, why? Why? Mm Mm-hmm. The book is up at DennisPrager.com, As Goes California, Larry Elder. Larry Elder can write just a book on what the Republican Party did to him. (laughs) It's painful. It's actually painful. I want to review this. then, Then we'll continue. I want people to understand... Why you were not on the debate stage when you met all the criteria? Once again, needed, you needed forty thousand individual, individual contributions. Right. You had that check. Mm-hmm. Uh, you needed uh, to be a certain percentage in polling, one percent or, or above in three separate polls. Right, check, which you check, met. Check. Mm-hmm. Where? L- let me just analyze for a moment. Where did they get the idea that Rasmussen is connected to Donald Trump? I have no idea. And, and as I said, Rasmussen put out a tweet and said, we are not affiliated with Donald Trump. There's no reason why Larry Yoder can't use us. And Rasmussen was one of the most accurate polls in 2016, predicting that Donald Trump was going to win the election. And if you look on the Twitter file of the RNC, they refer to the Rasmussen poll all the time. It's one of the most respected polls in conservative circles. So all of a sudden, it's affiliated with Trump. I don't know why. I did not get a good uh, a good answer. And then, Dennis, I didn't put this, I've not mentioned this part. Uh, uh, the RNC sent a letter. There were around 180-some-odd members to the of the RNC. They sent a letter to them saying that, actually, Elder did not meet 1% in any of the polls. So we wrote a letter to all 180-some people <laughs> at, at the RNC attaching a link to all the polls where we had 1% or better. Uh-huh. Why they did that is beyond me. I think so many people in the RNC wanted me up there, were angry at Ronna McDaniel. She gave another excuse for why I wasn't there. So she sent out that letter. It sounds, uh, forgive me, I, it's a very tough word to use. It sounds like she lied. Uh, she flat out lied in that letter. No question about it. And, Dennis, your question is why. I think there are two reasons. The first reason is they, in my opinion, um, wrongly believe that in 2016 there were, quote, too many Republican candidates. As you know, Donald Trump picked off 16 or 17 people and emerged as the uh, as the front runner. And I think they wanted fewer people. And so if they could figure out a way to eliminate one person uh, with a straight face, fair enough. But I think more importantly, Dennis, and this is just my own subjective point of view, I think Larry Elder has long given the Republican Party and the RNC heartburn because of how in your face I am on so many issues, particularly the way the Democrats use race uh, to motivate black people to vote for them. I think that the RNC has been wimps in fighting that. For example, uh, Joe Biden goes to Howard University a few months ago, commencement exercise, and tells these students that the number one threat to the homeland is white supremacy. 
And we didn't say anything. And the Anti-Defamation League, I know we have issues with the ADL, but they keep track of how many people are killed every year by political extremists. And last year, there were around 20 or 25 out of over 20,000 homicides. And I've said publicly... What I'm sorry, there were 20 or 25 what? 25 people killed by political extremists. Oh, oh, oh okay. And, You're and, answering and, the, the yeah, great yeah, threat yeah, of white yeah, supremacy. White supremacy right. is the biggest threat to the so, homeland. So uh, I want to memorize this. 20 to 25 out of how many homicides? Out of over 20,000 homicide victims last, last year. So I, so it's a tiny, tiny, yes. tiny, tiny fraction of 1%. And by the way, not all of these political extremists were white. Right. So uh, you get down to the white ones, and, and it's just even smaller. So it's ridiculous to tell these black students graduated from Howard this is the number one threat to the homeland. But Biden does that. Why? Because he wants black people to be angry about social justice. Well, he said that the uh, Georgia laws were Jim Crow 2.0. I just read Jim, it no, on the no, air. He said it was Jim Eagle. Sorry? Jim Eagle. He says worse than Jim Crow, it's Jim Eagle. He said that? Yeah, that's what he said. That is so witty. Yeah, tell you well the writers writers had a strike. So uh, now <laughs> let me good. let me follow up the thing he said about Howard. Uh, and if you want to play that game, Dennis, most homicide is same race homicide. Most whites who are killed are killed by other whites. Most blacks who are killed are killed by other blacks. However, every year there are roughly seven hundred and fifty black white homicides out of the out of the total. So still a small percentage, but out of the total, seven hundred and fifty uh, black white homicides. Five hundred. Whites are killed by blacks, even though blacks are just 13% of the population. 250 blacks are killed by whites, even though whites are 60% of the population. Now, that's homicide. Let's talk about non-homicide violent crime between blacks and whites. Every year, roughly 600,000 such instances. And by non-homicide violent, I'm talking about attempted murder. I'm talking about rape. I'm talking about assault with, a, with, an, with an aggravated weapon. Yes. 85 to 90%, it is a white. 85 to 90 85 to 90 percent, it is a black perp, white victim. 85 to 90 percent, black perp, white victim, only 10 to 15 percent the other way around. Now, if Donald Trump went to a university and said the number one threat to the homeland is black supremacy, citing these stats, you and I would both denounce him as a race-hustling demagogue because it's not black people doing it. It's individual individuals doing it, which is why we hold them individually responsible. Similarly, the, the small number of whites who kill blacks are individual whites doing it, not white people doing it. So we would denounce whoever said that as a race-hustling demagogue, but Biden says it and gets away with it. Now, shortly after he says this, Dennis, I'm sure you reported on this. In Jacksonville, a racist white man murdered three black people and did it because they were black. Biden, of course, made a comment about it. Not only did he make a comment about it, he said silence and and hatred like this makes you complicit. Two months earlier, Tulsa, Oklahoma, black guy gets a gun, walks up to a white man he doesn't know, shoots him in the back of the head, kills him, goes to another area of Tulsa, another white guy, walks up to him, shoots him in the back of the head, kills him, admits he did it because they were white. Biden didn't say Jack because it didn't fit the narrative, even though it's much more likely for that to happen, twice as likely for that to happen as the other way around. And when uh, Armin Arbery, the Georgia guy who was jogging, got killed, uh, LeBron James goes to Twitter. He's got, I don't know how many followers, almost what, check it out, Alan, see what he has, probably 50, 60 million followers uh, on all the social media platforms. And he said, we, meaning black people, are afraid to leave our homes Mm, for fear fear of white people. When, in fact, the number one cause of preventable death for a 19-year-old black youth and under Mm -hmm. is homicide. 
almost always at the hands of another 19-year-old black youth and under. The number one cause of a preventable death for a white male 19 and under is accidents, like car accidents or drownings or drug overdoses. I told this to Donald Trump when we were in Mar-a-Lago, Dennis, two weeks ago when I told him I was going to support him. I said, please talk about the epidemic of fatherlessness, which is particularly acute in the black community. And to his credit, he put out a tweet and did so. And I told him that a that a um, black male aged 10 to 43 is 13 times more likely to be murdered than a white male in the same demo. All right, hold on there. You're riveting. The book is riveting, As Goes California, My Mission to Rescue the Golden State and Save the Nation. Larry Elder, up at DennisPrager.com. This makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. And I am with the riveting Larry Elder. And just came out this past week, As Goes California, and it, it's it's the sort of book that's worth memorizing. I mean, the chapters, let me read to some of the chapters. What My Parents Gave Me, Another Routine Spectacular Play, the, the line that yeah, Tom right. Sowell gave to you. Right. California's Long Slide Downhill, What I Learned From My Campaign. As Goes California, The Real Problem Is Liberal Governance. The Black Face of White Supremacy? Oh, my God, yeah. I, I quoted that despicable columnist, the L.A. Times. Yeah, her name is Eric, Erica D. Smith. And when I came back to radio to fin- fulfill my contract, I had two mo- months left to go, Dennis. I invited her on the show. Oh, the chances it's of shocking. Oh, oh. Shockingly, she declined the offer. <laughs> they never debate. Um, a handful do. I know I always get letters. Well, so-and-so will write. 95% won't debate. They will only smear. I've invited Al Sharpton on the radio show over the 30 years I've been on radio. Right. Maybe 100 times won't come yeah. on. Jesse Jackson about 100 times won't come on. Uh, Louis Farrakhan about 50 times won't come on. Maxine Waters won't come on. Dennis, when you and I were at another station, Gloria Allred used to have a two-hour show. In those days, they, they programmed in a kind of bizarre way because she's so left-wing you would never find a left-wing person uh, on a station with a conservative host today but in those days you did and Gloria and I are very good friends I like Gloria as a person and Gloria had Maxine Waters on all the time <laughs> I said Gloria would you please ask Maxine Waters why uh-huh. she won't come on my show did publicly? she? to her credit she did and? on the air oh wow and, Max- and Maxine Waters said well you know, you know Gloria I don't. I don't go on shows of entertainers. Larry, he, he's nothing but an entertainer, and I just don't deal with entertainers. Now, Gloria, you're a serious journalist. I go on your show, but Larry, he he he, he talk a lot about me. I know he talk a lot about me, but I. I, I. Gloria already is, is a serious journalist. I'm an entertainer. Oh my God! By the way, I met her finally in uh, in. D.C. at the house lunch area, uh, David Dreyer invited me, and Maxine. That Waters, is so typical, David Dreyer. Maxine Waters walks, the great peacemaker. Walks in, and I said, "David, can you take me up there and introduce me to Maxine Waters?" He said, "Sure." So we walk up. By the way, when they're together, they're all friendly and joking and laughing. This idea that that they're at each other's throats uh, is is what they do publicly. But behind closed doors, they're all one big club. So walks up to her, and she's talking to somebody else. She sees me out of the corner of her eye, so she ignores me for a very uncomfortably long time as David and I are standing there. Finally, she turns, and David says to her, Maxine, this is uh, my friend Larry Elder. Uh, Larry wanted me to meet you, and um, Larry, this is Maxine, Maxine, this is Larry. 
I said, Congressman Waters, it's really nice to finally meet you. Nice to finally meet you, too. And turned around and began talking to the other woman. And David was shocked at how rude she was. And I sat down and said, David, don't you realize that people who are on that side despise me? Because I break the narrative. The narrative is that we're victims and we're an aggrieved party. We need to have the Democratic Party because they're the party of social justice and equity. I break that. I am a bigger threat to her than you are. Oh, oh, of course. By far. He was shocked. That, that is one great story. Mm-hmm. I wonder, though, uh, if they're still breaking bread quite as amicably as they once did. Uh, yeah. Th- there, there's... There's a certain degree of animosity. No, there, there really is. Um, on that day, though, this is th- that's what happened. But you're right. Um, there used to be a uh, baseball game that they would play regularly, and sometimes Republicans and Democrats would be, would be on the same team. That stopped years ago. And as you know, Tip O'Neill and Ronnie Reagan used to sit down at the end of the, the day, end day and, 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 and have a cigar, tell yeah. dirty jokes, and have drinks. Right. That's done. Forget about that. Men getting together and telling dirty jokes. Yeah, and having no, drinks and no, smoking you're cigars. Are no, you kidding me? <laughs> I thought women did that because there's no difference between the sexes. That's right. So I, I didn't quite get the, the answer oh. of why they didn't want you on the debate stage. Okay, the other, the other thing I said was I think I give them heartburn, particularly on, on issues of, of race, and I explained how I think they should be dealing with calling Joe Biden, they should call Joe Biden the biggest race hustler in this country. I used to think it was Al Sharpton. It's now Joe Biden. And they should call him out for saying stuff like this. And they don't. The other thing is Republicans purport to be the party of fiscal responsibility. And compared to Democrats, they are. But that's a low bar. Every now and then we have this standoff about spending and the government gets bigger and bigger, whether it's Ronald Reagan, whether it's Donald Trump. We need an amendment to the Constitution to fix spending to a certain percentage of the GDP. Otherwise, they'll never make the dramatic cuts they need to make that uh, apparently the new president of Argentina, Argentina wants yeah. to do. And they'll never make right, the structural on. changes. This in is the, uh, critically okay. important. Okay. The book, As Goes California by Larry Elder, up at DennisPrager.com. This is a red alert for hardworking Americans who are tired of seeing their freedoms and savings threatened by the globalist agenda. Wealth Protection Research is on a mission to find whistleblowers who are exposing the schemes that threaten your financial security. We're talking about real patriotic financial warriors like Jim Rickards and Porter Stansberry. They're not afraid to tell it like it is, exposing how the system is rigged against you. Text IDEAS to 76626 to find out more. With the 2024 election Storming our way, your IRA and your 401k appear to be in the crosshairs. That's why we've compiled our three favorite ideas from Freethinkers. Don't wait for a knock on your door telling you it's too late. Get this critical report. Text IDEAS to 76626. The fight for your financial freedom is on. Text IDEAS to 76626 now for your free report. That's IDEAS to 76626. Standard text and data rates may apply. Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Priggers, the Ultimate Issues Hour, third hour every Tuesday. I raised this issue yesterday, not in the third hour, and I want to devote the hour to it because it is so important. 
you know, it's it's been a struggle within me all of my public life, which is all of my life since I was 21, about do I repeat an idea and how often if I do, and then I, so I, I'm still torn because emotionally there's part of me that thinks you tune in, you should get something different every single hour. And then there's the actual in- intellect in me that says, what are you kidding, Dennis? Who, who remembers, including me? How many times, Dennis, do you have to hear something to remember it? Especially a new idea. And I have more to say on it in any event, and it's my column today, which is up at DennisPrager.com and at TownHall.com. America first. Is it America first or is it America only? There's a big difference between America first, which I believe in, and America only, which I don't believe in. But it has become, for some, a, a really America only. And let, let the world go to hell in a sense, in essence, and we protect our own borders. This has become somewhat popular in conservative circles and is not a healthy response. It's not good for America. It's not good for the world. And it certainly doesn't speak to the beauty of American moral exceptionalism. Do we really want to be the strongest country in the world and never use that strength to help anybody else? That's what I'm hearing. Obviously, it's come to the fore with regard to Israel and those who wish to annihilate it. But what about Taiwan? Do the people who advocate not getting involved? With, with If you're one of them, by the way, call in because this is... This is a very important issue for you to address, to be intellectually honest with yourself, not not just with others. Of course, I, I believe America first. I believe my family first. But what would you think of somebody who said, my family first and only my family? I will never get involved to help any other family. I have too many issues in my own family, in my own home. Why would I bother with other homes? Is that, if you're, if you're a religious Christian, faithful Christian, is that a Christian attitude? Is that a Jewish attitude? If you're a secular humanist, is that a humanist attitude? I mean, why, why do we believe that that is okay? I only take care of my family? Yet some prominent conservatives, uh, this is in fact what they are what they are in effect saying. One eight Prager seven seven six. I read to you yesterday, and I won't read it again. The, uh, the the column in America Greatness, which is a great website, and and the guy says, you know, between Israel and Hamas, guess who I'm for? America. I mean, he's proud to say he's neutral. He. In it, the guy who wrote this column in American Greatness said, we should not even be commenting, those are his words, even commenting 
on what is happening in the Middle East. Most Jews slaughtered for being Jews since the Holocaust, and he wants America, Amer- all American officials to say nothing. It's not, what does he write? His first sentence, that was the, that was the giveaway. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Well, this is what happens when your own allies disappoint you. Life consists of a series of disappointments for many people. I have been actually blessed with very few disappointments. I don't mean setbacks. I've had plenty of setbacks. You can't live and not have that. But I mean in in terms of, wow, I expected different. I don't expect much, so I'm disappointed minimally. But the the conservatives who have taken this position, it's none of our business what happens in the world. We have too many problems at home. Why would we care about Israel's border or Ukraine's border or Taiwan's border? We've got troubles on our border. Uh, but I described that argument as a non sequitur. What does our border's problems have to do with the other borders? Nothing. The reason we have problems on our, on our border is not because we've paid too much attention to other borders. It's because we've paid no attention to our own border. Because the left runs the borders. And because the left is in the business of destroying Western civilization. <laughs> It is amazing that people don't know that. That drives me crazy. It drives me crazier. How many people are naive about the left than the left drives me crazy? The left is vicious. The left is nihilistic. The left is destructive. But that people don't know that or won't make peace with that fact, that's much more distressing. Like the people who say, oh, the left isn't for open borders. The ability to lie to people's self, this is one of the revelations of, the, of my last, I would say, quarter century. I thought when people lie, it's overwhelmingly that they lie to others, but it's not true. They lie to themselves at least as much as they do to others. Oh, we're not for open borders. Oh. It's not exactly the same topic, but I, and I will address it tomorrow. A New York Times editorial about how much damage the lockdowns of schools did. There isn't a hint in the damn piece at the New York Times despicable editorial board. Not a hint that they were for lockdowns of schools. That the teachers unions are the single greatest source of destruction of children in this country. Teachers' unions are vile, and they are the ones who called for the lockdowns. Kids have been damaged, according to the New York Times yesterday, for life. Staggering numbers of kids won't even go to school. They just cut classes whenever they want. You can't throw out a kid from class if the kid is is not white and is disrupting the class, you can't do a damn thing because the damn left has said that it's racist. Wow. 
The malleability of the human conscience is, is really staggering. The ease with which people are brainwashed is so is so frightening. Not my circus, not my monkeys. How do you like that, folks? Women are raped, children are burned, and a conservative in the American in American greatness writes, "Not my circus, not my monkeys." Well, if you feel similarly, I won't yell at you. I'd like to know, I don't know the answer. How many Americans on the right believe that America first means America only? C'est la question. That's the question. That's what's on the table. The argument that America must first deal with its own problems before helping any other people on earth just means that America will never help any other people on earth. There never was a time and there never will be a time when America is free of domestic problems. So that means we don't help anybody. Please read my article. It is up at DennisPrager.com. It is up at TownHall.com. What is your take on this matter? 18 Prager 776. So, do you believe in America first or America only? I won't yell at you, I promise. 18 Prager 776 877 243 and let's go to, ah, here's a new a new city for me, Blacklick. Sean is from Blacklick. Wow, this is very touching. Sean, do you realize your monitor is way to the right of me, and I barely see you because there's a camera in front of your face. Blacklick, Ohio, Craig, hello. Hey, Dennis, how are you doing? Better than the world. That's good. Yeah, I I believe, <laughs> um, to be perfectly honest, I believe American first, except with Israel right now. I think Israel should be defended. Uh, they've been an ally. But in reality, we got, we have to correct ourselves, like, you know, the military, VA, you know, help those guys out. They, and women, um, help them out because, you know, they serve the country. All my respect goes to them. And then, you know, uh, child education, child hunger, you know, we got enough stuff. Let's be great, and then we can help other people. But, you know, like going in debt for Ukraine, no, nah, that's just hurting us. Why? Why hurt us? to help Ukraine. Israel is a different story. They've always been with us. Uh, it's always been touchy over there. I don't know exactly the history, but um, I take it on blind faith that I'm with Israel. Well, thank uh, you for calling. I, I, I appreciate your view. So, again, I'm dis- just as I distinguish between liberalism and leftism, I distinguish between... America first and America only. I am for America first. I'm not for America only. 
the argument that we have so many problems at home, let, let's ignore the world, which he's not making. Well, he's making, he is to an, to an extent, except for Israel. The, the argument, I'll tell you why I don't uh, buy the argument, and that is that I don't believe, uh, and neither do I think almost any of you, I don't believe, for example, that our open border has anything to do with our helping others with their borders, Israel or Ukraine. And I, I, I was adamant about supporting Ukraine, and I was equally adamant about pursuing peace. I, I have been, I have moved to that uh, position at least half a year ago. Uh, the the uh, and if there has to be some and there always does some uh, some compromise the degradation of our military uh, under the left has been colossal and I worry about Taiwan I should have asked the last caller about Taiwan. That's a, that's a that's a very real moral issue as well as a free country invaded by a police state. By the way, this is the first time I believe in American history, certainly modern modern history, that a serious percentage of Americans support a police state against a free state. I'm talking about the Middle East. That gives you an idea of how people's compasses change when Jews are involved. But the argument that we have to fix up our own house before helping others fix their houses, if if it really were one or the other, yes, that's correct, but it isn't. The problems in the United States do not emanate from helping others. We have troops in Japan. We have troops in Germany. That costs us money. That is not money that would otherwise be spent on only good things. It would be money spent on just making the government bigger. That is what the government does. It gets bigger. It helps fewer and gets bigger. American education, you can chart it has deteriorated from the day the Department of Education was made. I assume that if you went to a school of education, you don't know how to teach. That is my assumption. I assume that if you are an official of a teacher's union, you damage children much more than you help them. I assume you don't give a damn about children. You give a damn about teachers' salaries and left-wing positions. The, the problem in the United States is leftism, not helping countries that are beleaguered. Okay, let's go to some more here. Okay, Orange County, Mike, hello. Yeah, hi, Dennis. Um, if Israel is an ally, why did they attack the United States USS Liberty in June of 1967? So that was in the middle of a war 
I don't know all the facts. I'm certain you don't know all the facts. Nobody knows all the facts, but I I, under, I hear you. It, it's. I'm just curious. Do you have? I assume you have some close friends. Has any of them done anything that hurt you at any time in your relationship, or has it been a flawless relationship? I I understand that argument. Um, I mean, because everybody's going to have that. This was an attack uh, unprovoked by, quote, our greatest ally in the Middle East. Um, And it's still it's still hushed about that. Nobody wants to talk about it. Well, um, well, know, okay. So were, I purposely took were, your call because I, I did want to talk. I'm sorry. Go on. They were, they were the U S uh, sailors were forced to be silent on the issue. And now they're, you know, older and they're just like, fine, kill me. I don't care. So I, I struggle with it, Dennis. I really do. Yeah, no, it's I, clear you do. It's why I took your call. I'll, I'll address it further when we come back. So, Okay, so my my subject here is the the subject of my column today. Tuesday is my column day. Is it America first or America only? I believe in America first. I don't believe in America only. And there are people who believe in America only, but they call it America first. They do harm to the America First cause. Like the guy in American Greatness, which is a great website, who uh, says that he has takes no sides in Israel Hamas. He takes America's side. Really? He takes no side. It's not a moral moral position. And I I there is something before America first by the way, and there should be for every human being, morality first. I take morality first even even before people intimate in my life. I'm not going to compromise my moral value system, even for my own family. I'd be worthless. Yeah, Dad has convictions, except when it comes to the family. Not impressive. So Mike in Orange County is uh, bringing up the 1967 incident, correct? 1967, yeah, during the Six-Day War. So what this is now, let's see, uh, 33, it's over a half century later. Uh, you weren't even born. That's correct. Yeah. So what, what rankles you so much? For years, I did buy into the, you're like what you're describing, the America, uh, or you're saying the America uh, first and then take care of everybody else argument. And then I learned about this, and it's like a hidden secret. Um, and again, if they are our greatest ally, why would they attack us? And I have not received a great argument you know, pro or con, or a good answer for it. So well, I, let I me that. ask you a question. And, Since and, they and apologized two hours it. later, and it was during wartime, and the ship was in international waters, why, A, do you assume, not A, why do you assume it was deliberate? 
I know that the sailors were silenced and were forced into silence. It's a one of the guys when my dad fought in Vietnam and all that, and this was a personal friend of his. Blah blah blah. So I, I I've heard a few stories, and I don't know enough about it. Like I say, I just I need, as you would say, clarity on these issues, and over before I have agreement, and before I make up my mind on these things. Okay, all Not right, anything. fair enough. I, I I don't know if clarity will ever be available. Either one believes it was an accident, given that it was in international waters during a time of war where Israel felt correctly existentially threatened and apologized within two hours. And I'm, I'm not exactly certain what would benefit Israel in attacking a ship of its closest ally. Again, I don't know, but the the it it is raised and, and it, it's not anyone who wants to know about it. There's a, a massive amount on the internet. Look, Israel has been disappointed by the United States in, in, uh, on many occasions. Dwight Eisenhower told Israel to withdraw from the Sinai. And it's a battle against uh, against Egypt in '56. Now you don't have to go back far at all. Barack Obama supplied Iran with vast sums of money. Iran wants to annihilate Israel. That's a, that's a pretty severe enemy. And under Barack Obama and Joe Biden, the United States has been a pretty big supporter of Iran. It's just a fact. Israel Israelis are not calling talk show hosts in Israel to say America is not an ally. Okay, let's see. Mark in Los Angeles. Hello. Good afternoon, Dennis. Hey. Uh, hi. So I just want to long time listener, by the way. I just want to point out that uh, your disappointment with fellow conservatives saying you know, America only rather than America first, which, you know, I get that same sense from a lot of them. There are some that aren't that way, but that's a very typical way of thinking for conservatives. If it isn't, if it hasn't been personalized for me, I have no investment in this issue. Give me another example. All right, hold on. Hold on. I'm not letting you go. I'm putting on hold. I didn't want to interrupt your example. We'll be back in a moment. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.